everybody, this is Spot. Welcome to Local God, your neighborhood-friendly podcast. It has been a while. We haven't been around for a while. It's mostly my fault, moving, all of that stuff, blah, 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 blah. Small change for the indefinite future until an update. Horoth is not going to be on the show. He's dealing with real-life stuff and just stuff that's higher on his priority list. Let's just say that. But the good thing is, I have a friend of mine who I have known for quite a while, Brandon, who is going to co-host with me this week. How long have we known each other, man? Oh, Lord. Um. Well, it's 2018, and we knew each other, I would say, about nine years, nine or ten years. Yeah, wow, man. Yeah. It's weird how fast lifetime goes by. I'm getting so old. So people have an idea, you know, what, what kind of stuff you into in the nerdverse. In, in the nerdverse. Well, that's difficult. There are things that I'm into, and there are things that I do. Things that I'm into, but I don't have the time for because I'm an adult. Things like playing Eve as much as I used to play Eve online. Uh, you know. Dude, if I could list the things that I was into that I just didn't have time to do, I could do several shows myself. <laughs> but currently playing. Uh, uh, games I currently play. Uh, things like Fortnite. Wow. Golf it. Mini golf. Play for hours. I think I have close to 100 hours. Yep, I've, I've heard good things about Goffit, actually. Is that purely mobile? Uh, no, no, it's playing PC. Uh-huh. And we just download community maps, and we have this huge, long notepad list of maps that we rank on their difficulty. That's awesome. So if we ever find more people to play with, we can say, well, what do you want? Do you want something that's really difficult, really hard, or you want to take it easy tonight? <laughs> Kick back with some hot cocoa and just relax. That's so awesome. All right. Well, so WoW, Fortnite, Golf It, uh, what type of movies, books you into, stuff like that? Sci-fi. Sci-fi. A lot of sci-fi. Oh, okay. Um, But on a big sci-fi kick, which is weird because it's not something I normally watch. Even though I'm a huge nerd, I actually tend to lean towards comedy and action. Okay. But I just, we've been watching so much sci-fi, we've been watching things like Fringe and... Mm, Fringe is wonderful. I had never seen it. Oh, wow. Yeah. Been introduced to it. And oh boy, it's it's really good. Very, 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 very good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Literally, we were out at uh, we we're out at Applebee's, and she goes, "You want to go home and binge some Fringe?" <laughs> Sorry, I got a podcast to record. <sighs> there you go. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Well, welcome to the show, by the way. Thank you, and thank you for taking the time. Just as another minor announcement, you're going to change some stuff up. Horath and I had been uh, talking about for a while, actually, that focusing on news specifically, like like news that we actually like, oh, we should talk about that because it's news just didn't really make sense. There's You can get news from so many places. And so we're going to try to change some stuff up and we probably will talk about news from time to time, but it's going to be stuff that we're talking about because we actually care. It's going to be a little bit more loose. And so we're just going to talk about stuff that we're just interested in, you know, nerdy stuff, gamey stuff, sci-fi stuff, etc. I will let you start, Brandon. What would you like to talk about? Okay, so this has been something I've been itching to talk about. Oh, yeah. <laughs> is I have a bone to pick with uh, the book Seven Evas. Which is Neil Stevenson, right? Yes, which I recently read. Okay. There are some things that don't make sense. All right. So one of, if you are familiar with space, you understand that uh, getting rid of excess heat is a problem. Right. Despite space being quote-unquote cold, there's a lot of buildup of heat because there's no wind to take it away. Things like yeah, it's a vacuum. That. Yeah. Well, this is a problem they faced when a chunk of the Earth's population was in orbit. If I remember correctly, because because I know a lot, probably a lot of listeners are actually in the same position I am. I've read significant amount of Neil Stevenson stuff, but not this novel specifically. But I looked it up, and there's a whole thing that it's post-apocalyptic, and they're trying to save the human species 
Mm -hmm. and there's some genetic issues, blah, 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 right? Oh, 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 yes, yes, because um, there's an unknown reason that the moon has disintegrated or something, right? Yeah, so the moon blew up, and they're like, hey, let's put people in orbit around the Earth and save our species. All right, all right. Well, they're talking about it, and they're like, oh, there's this problem of excess heat. Okay. Okay, well, they have to send up so much materials and stuff to keep humanity alive for thousands of years. That they just pack it onto the side of their capsules outside of it because it doesn't matter if it gets super cold or not. And then it doesn't take any room outside. Wait, I'm sorry. I missed something. They, they pack what on the outside? Okay, so let's say you have a bunch of supplies. Like, let's say you bring up, like, 500 bottles of Tyler. Oh, right, right. Okay, yeah. And you don't want to store all that inside your capsule. Right. So they would just latch it down to the outside of the capsule in space didn't matter if it got colder. Oh, I see. It would work. I, I, I personally always prefer my Tylenol to be frozen, so so that makes sense. Oh, I want it lava hot. I microwave all of my Tylenol. Oh, oh okay. That makes sense. So they put it on the outside. Why not just bring some of it inside to soak up the heat? They have this problem of excess heat, and they right. can just bring it inside, soak up that excess heat, and then put it right back outside and let it bleed oh, back off. Oh, right. Okay. Okay. So, so like temporarily, use it almost as a heat sink. Yeah. And then and then cycle them. Exactly. It's like there was a problem that was created just because he thought of a solution. Huh. That's weird. That's that's kind of unlike him. Here's the other thing. They talked about how ammonia is a much better heat conductor than water is. All right. But they're talking in the book. They talk about how, oh, well, ammonia is scarce up here. Ammonia. You gotta pee. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Why didn't they think like, hey, let's set up some chemical reactions to harvest the ammonia from our pee. How is that not a thing that they, you know, like that's, that's such a simple thing. Like everybody knows, like there's a, there's ammonia in urine. Yeah. That's a good point. And, and you finished the book already? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And so there, there's no explanation there? No. Uh, the ending of the book is like thousands of years in the future. Uh, okay. No spoilers. No spoilers. Have you tweeted Neil Stevenson? He, he is active on Twitter sometimes. I have. He ignored me. That jerk. I know. I think he's mad because I caught on. I'm sure he saw your tweet and he was just like, fuck that guy. And he ignored you. I'm sure he's even blocked you. Most likely. Special snowflakes. <laughs> he was probably writing the novel and he got done and he sent it to the editor and he's thinking to himself, only thing that worries me is if somebody notices this pee urine issue. I bet it's going to be some kid in Florida <laughs> who just is way too much into pee. Yes, <laughs> that's that's your problem. You You have urine on the mind. I drink a lot of water. Well, now I really want to actually read that book because it sounds interesting. Th those problems aside, it sounds interesting conceptually. It's a very interesting book, and he has managed to actually get um, get problems in there that make sense for what's going on, but you wouldn't expect, and the way they solve them, and this and that, and it's 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 definitely an interesting book, and I recommend it despite the whole heat sink ammonia glaring <laughs> problems. Is this your very own ammonia gate? Listen, when you are trying to make something go viral, you can't... The, the basic person needs to understand it. Pee gate. Everybody understands pee. You read the book about peeing from the, from the library when you were a kid. We all know pee. Okay, okay. I don't know if you can hear me typing. Hold on, hold on. Wait, wait for it. Come on, Google. Is it? Is it? Peegate.com is taken. Damn it. Oh. Oh, man. I would have totally bought that. Just to have it. Just to have it. All it takes is a good hashtag placement. That's <laughs> true. Yes. <laughs> P-gate. All right. Awesome. Well, um, yes, I am definitely going to have to grab that on my Kindle or something and, and read it. 
All right. So, uh, have you seen any of the new X Files episodes? The I think there's been two out. No, actually, I think there's a third one coming out today, which is um, we're recording this on the seventeenth. I watched like the first one, mm-hmm. and then I got quote unquote busy. <laughs> it's not that I don't like it. It's just um, it's uh, sometimes things uh, I don't want watch a lot of sci-fi, and so yeah. sometimes it's difficult for sci-fi to grab me. Here's my thing. I didn't like it at all. I thought it was complete crap. Me and my fiance both, who's really into sci-fi and stuff like that. And then we were like, you know, this actually makes me want to see the second episode this year more now because I want to know if it's like this, right? Or if I want to know if this was just kind of, you know, every once in a while, every show has one of those episodes. And you're like, what? Um, and yeah. we watched the second one and we're like, uh, that was different, but just as bad, maybe worse. It's It's just, it's very odd. And the thing that really bugged me is that, you know, Obviously, if you talk to people, the X-Files, the whole show, right, obviously got a lot of inspiration from, you know, classics like The Twilight Zone and things like that. But I'm 38. And so for me, my root show of stuff like that, you know, creepy, weird, you know, interesting is The X-Files, right? That's that's what I grew up on. And so it's kind of like, um, not to sound too nerdy, but after the second episode, I'm like... I'm not going to be watching any more of this. And that scene out of Revenge of the Sith where Obi-Wan's like, you were the chosen one. It kept like playing in my mind. I'm like, what happened to you, X-Files? I think it's because Chris Carter, who's still the showrunner, per my understanding, I think he's still approaching it like he did in the 90s. And the thing is, we are in a Stranger Things world now. And it's not just Stranger Things. It's other things like The Expanse and Fringe, right? Mm -hmm. Things like that. It's like you can't approach a show like the X-Files the way you did in the 90s. It just doesn't work anymore because Fringe was amazing and Stranger Things is amazing. Have you seen Stranger Things? Oh, yeah. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. It's unbelievably good, right? And that's not just about money, right? That's not just about budget. It's really good. The writing's really good. It flows well and you're constantly asking these questions and you care about the questions, right? That's what makes it so important. Whereas the first two episodes this year of the X-Files, I'm just like, I don't care about this. And even if I did, this is executed like horribly. It's like, I'm pretty disappointed with the X-Files when you compare it to the quality of things like Fringe, which is actually getting a little bit old now, and Stranger Things, which is still on. It's like night and day. Here's a question. Now, is X-Files, is the reboot, is that based in modern times or is still kind of back in the 80s? I believe it's in modern times. It's, it's, it is still, it's not a reboot. Right. It's like if you go to IMDb, it is listed as season 11. I think it's 11. Then my theory is that's the problem. If they had still based it back in the 80s, you can still put this disbelief in your mind because, you know, nowadays everything being connected, everything, you know, take a Twitter. It's much harder to get a disbelief that something mysterious could be. Oh, sure. Absolutely. And actually, X-Files has had that issue in general, like. After the first theatrical film, which I actually thought was really good, but they answered so many questions, like so many questions in the first film. I don't know if you saw it. You came out of there going, that was a cool movie. I have no idea what they're going to do now because they've Mm -hmm. answered all the questions. X-Files has had the problem that it really started going downhill fast after the first film. And I think they literally gave away too much. I mean, they went from from, oh, here's a little tidbits to, hey, here's everything. We're pulling back the entire curtain. You can see everything that, that, that we've been working up to, and it's just all out there in the open with a blaring light on it. So anyway, that was all. I just wanted to get uh, your, your opinion and kind of rant a little bit. So, yeah. No, I am. Um, I And that's one of the big things, especially if you're going to have a modern. It's almost like you can't have a modern day sci-fi. It either has to be 
in the past or in the future. Modern day doesn't work. It's like, okay, this is what we're living in modern day. Like, you look at it and you're like, okay, like, this tech isn't here currently. This isn't happening. Whatever. You go 20 years in the future, you're like, this this be a thing. Right, exactly. Yeah. Actually, it is very normal stuff. It's normal present day stuff that we've seen over and over and over. There's nothing real new or refreshing there as far as like questions that you're asking. So, yeah. Hmm. Speaking of future, though, and this is not in the show notes, but, but it reminded me, have you watched The Expanse at all? I haven't. It's on my list. Yeah. Like right after you're done with Fringe, you should update The Expanse because it's actually really, really, really good. Okay. And I'll tell you, in case you don't know, knowing you, one of the things that would probably interest you, especially considering what you were just bitching about, it's not everything is realistic, but they do get a lot closer to realism than a lot of sci-fi mm-hmm. shows do. I mean, like like in that show, if a, if, if a ship wants to turn around the other way, they literally have to turn the ship and burn the other direction yeah. to slow themselves down. Absolutely. You should definitely watch it. And anyone out there uh, who hasn't watched The Expanse, definitely watch it if you're into sci-fi at all. And the story's good, too. So, Yes. So tell me about Fortnite. I, I actually have, um, I've watched a little bit of like streaming of it and stuff. And um, now when you say Fortnite, are you playing actually Fortnite or are you playing the arena type Fortnite? I've done both and both are crazy fun. Okay. Because I've watched a little bit of both. Yeah. Um, it's addicting. The premise of Fortnite is 97% of the earth's population has gone. And there's these husks, these monsters that are around and they're coming out of these you know, portals and, you know, this, that, and... I didn't know there was a story at all, actually. I just assumed it was kind of like, this is how it is, it's a game. No, there's actually, there's some story behind it, and uh, and so there's different game modes, but in every game mode, there's something that you need to protect. Yeah, you go around, you gather up materials, and then you build your base. And then you look at the, you look at the landscape, and you say, okay, what's the best way to funnel all of our enemies in through one single hallway... So we can massacre them. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Now, see, so, that I understand more. And like I said, when it first was released, I think it was actually before it was released. And I was watching, mm-hmm. this is the non-arena one. This is the actual, you know, if I remember correctly, yeah, it's more like interval horde thing. Yeah. And there are survivors at some point, right? That, that you that you can go grab, right? Horde meets tower defense. Right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. I see. And uh, I mean, they've added in some new weapons, some new traps and things like that. And it's just, it is... So much fun, and just when you get that perfect way where you can just set up three, you know, three hallways to funnel them all down, mm-hmm. and you just sit back and you don't have to fire a bullet, you just watch them. Nice. You just sit back and watch them. So, how does the base building stuff actually work in the arena side? It, it would seem like in a game like that, you wouldn't have a lot of time to build a base. That's actually something that's interesting. Something that, you know, when I've been playing it, I've actually used is if I'm being shot at, I'll just place them as I run to give myself a little bit of cover until I reach a tree or a rock or something like that. But when you get to the end, like the last like circle or so, mm-hmm. you can build the build a tower up, build a, you know, build a little fort up so you're above, you know, and you can look down and see who's coming and all that. And uh, it actually, I would say the people who are most successful are the people who actually build the bases. Oh, okay. um, build, you know, and it's not these large, you know, beautiful bases. It's these, this very crudely put together thing of, let me just get off the ground. And so I can look down on people. Oh, okay. So it's kind of like giving yourself elevation you can get better shots. Yeah. So it's not like people actually like fort up or anything. No. And one of the cool things is 
there are a select few traps laying around the, the map in the uh, PvP mode. And, I mean, it's something I've used where I've just, I decided, hey, I'm going to hunker down here for a little bit. There's some stairs right above the door. I am going to just throw a trap that electrocutes people. And so that way I have an auditory signal of, hey, there's somebody coming in. I just heard them. They're going to be injured if not dead. If they're not dead, I can go down there, shoot once, don't have to worry about it, and leave. Interesting. Very cool. Okay. Interesting. So in Fortnite arena mode, there's not actually a lot of fort building. No. But along with that, there's a lot of destroying. The, it's still a destroyable world. You can still, you know... It's it's something that I've seen where somebody is uh you know building a building a tower you just shoot out the base or destroy the base of it and the rest of it just falls apart and they fall to their death oh nice like that is a strategy yeah 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 and, gotcha uh, and so you know it, it's still the environment is still a huge part of it which in my opinion adds a lot more to it than um and you know PUBG has its place but to me it's just a large player only battlefield map right right gotcha yeah yeah. yeah. PUBG, I, I have almost no interest in it. Just you know me, I don't like the wash, rinse, repeat games anyway, <laughs> and so PUBG is like the epitome of that for me. Yeah, that's interesting. Well, cool, awesome. Yeah. But on the plus side, Fortnite, the battle royale mode, it's free. Oh yes, you yes. don't have to pay for it. So you know, if you want to try it out, try it out. Mm -hmm. Um, they'll have little free weekends, I think, for for uh the actual story mode, and it's a lot of fun. They do events every every um every holiday. They've done a Thanksgiving event, I believe. They did a Halloween event. They did a winter event, and uh, they're always fun. They're always they always grant uh, new high level characters that you can earn, new high level guns that you can earn, and it's just it adds everything. Little thing adds a new little bit of gameplay for it. Very nice. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think I think if I could actually get some time to play with like you or just someone, I think I would. I I personally would probably enjoy the actual Fortnite, the non arena version mm -hmm. more because that's just more my style. I actually like that type of thing, uh, the base building stuff, and I actually like tower defense games as well. Anything that involves lots of turrets, I like that. But um, yeah, cool stuff. All right. Um, I wanted to give an honorable mention just to anyone that had seen it before, played a little bit, and had left it for a while because I was actually surprised myself. I've actually um, kind of been reintroduced to it over the past two weeks or so, three weeks. And that's um, Path of Exile, which is kind of, I don't know if you're familiar with it. It's mm -hmm. the dungeon crawler that kind of was what Diablo 3 should have been. Yeah. They released their 3.0 patch. It's just Path of Exile 3.0, and it, I think it's the fall of Oriath. I think that's how you pronounce it. But anyway, it was mid last year and they did a lot of stuff like they have. They've been working on that game a lot. The UI has been um, redesigned a lot, tweaked. There's been a huge graphical pass. It looks gorgeous now. The skill trees have been completely rebuilt from scratch. And if you've ever seen the actual skill tree in Path of Exile, it's it's like that's a huge undertaking. And there's some great ladders and, and stuff like that. It's actually um, very, very enjoyable. So if you had seen Path of Exile before or you haven't tried it yet, you either, um, again, haven't tried it or you kind of had played it a little bit before and you're like, hey, okay, you know, you should go try it again because it's free and it's really nice. Like they've polished it a lot. You know, I think that now I would say it definitely can stand up there with Diablo 3, like as far as polish is concerned, you know? Yeah. I mean, because Path of Exile, like again, always looked like it was Diablo, a sequel to Diablo 2, right? As opposed to Diablo 3, which is the, the little bit more cartoony, not really cartoony, but, you know, illustrative style of look. But Diablo 3, you know, it's Blizzard, so it did have a high amount of polish on it. And Path of Exile still felt a little bit indie. It literally does not feel indie now. I mean, it almost feels like a game that Blizzard would make. I mean, if they had tried to do Diablo 3 in the same style. Obviously, Diablo 3, you're going to get a lot more of the narrative storytelling, you know, because Blizzard has spent a lot more time on that. But if you like looters, you know, 
dungeon crawling mm-hmm. loot. It's, it's really good. It's very enjoyable. I did play it, actually. Um, I haven't played the new patch. I played it before I did a complete, you know, system wipe. I'll have to reinstall that. But from what I played, it was interesting. Now, I'm interested if they refunded all of my skill points or not. On your existing characters, you actually get two skill respec points. So okay. you can respec everything that you've had so far. So From what I remember, I was rolling a dex monkey. So it's... <laughs> That's, there you go. I'll still... I think my character is a hunter archer, which has been quite interesting. And they've actually added uh, more full, like full systems in there. So there's like a prophecy system and there's a system that has like cards Hmm. that you get drops on and you can throw them in there and they're not like required, but you can do stuff. And then there's like things where you can get drops of like map fragments and they get put into maps and those give you access to like pre-built actual dungeons that you run. There's like an entire tree of those. So stuff I don't even understand because I'm not that far in the game, but I've seen other people playing it in a lot higher levels than me. But uh, yeah, definitely worth checking out again. Very good. Oh, yes. All right. So you have WoW on the list. I do. And I am interested to know what you're going to talk about with WoW. So if you remember, in all those nine, nine, ten years that we've we've known each other. I never knew you to be a WoW player. I've I never played WoW. Okay. I literally had never installed it, never played a lick of WoW. I think I've played a maybe 20 hours of WoW in my life, which as far as WoW is concerned is non-existent. So Well, uh fiance changed that. Mm-hmm. And like, let's just try it. And she's like, I played it, a lot of fun. So like, okay, we'll try it. I'm I'm always down. Tried it. And uh it's it's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Now the reason it's on my list is they actually are doing a pretty massive upgrade. And it's something to uh Oh yeah, that's the new seven point something, right? I think. And they're rebuilding the the whole leveling. leveling system. Yeah, and, and it's really interesting. It's they're taking a page from Guild Wars 2 book in which, you know, you can be level 80 and go to one of the beginning areas and it will actually de-level you. You can play there and it's not like, you know, let's say you have a friend who's low level. You can go there and you can help them. You'll still be a big help, but it's not like you're one hitting everything. Right, right, right. It actually, yeah. It's not like everything's great to you. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, on everything. Yeah, actually, Guild Wars 2 had some really interesting mechanics innovations yeah i actually always liked that and i'll say that i didn't really notice that it bothered me until i was able to do it in guild wars 2 and then i was like wait a minute you know and that was the whole thing of being able to run along and seeing people fight something that they were probably too low level for and being like Mm -hmm. i should help them and actually being able to help them that was really awesome Oh, yeah. No, it's so fun. Yeah. I mean, it's always fun because, you know, it's it's definitely it's a living world and that there's always events happening and you can run by and, you know, help somebody. And, you know, if WoW takes more pages from their book, hopefully that's one of them. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, it, it's definitely going to be interesting and it's going to uh, make leveling other characters more enjoyable and i think that's what they're going for because once you level a character from one to max you don't really want to level another character up right right yeah yeah and uh and there's only so many dungeons you can do i've been tempted multiple times to try to play wow because i i actually respect it hardcore obviously you have to anything that's been around that long and survived as long as it has with the numbers it has it's always a good game and actually, I played a lot of MMOs, as you know. Started out with MUDs and mushes that were just text-based, and then going on to, like, Ultima Online and things like that. And I'll say that I prefer sandbox games like EVE and Star Wars Galaxies and stuff 
one of the reasons is that usually the quests are just crap in MMOs. At least they were back then, right? And I remember WoW, it being the first MMO where the quests were written well enough that I actually cared. Yeah. Right? I would like, I would get, get a quest. And I'm like, ooh, that's interesting. I want to go see what that's like. Mm-hmm. That being said, I've been tempted multiple times to try to get back into WoW. I think what's got me is that Black Desert Online has ruined me. The, the combat of Black Desert Online, there's no tab combat at all. It's not hotkey combat. It's all very visceral spatial move around use things i mean it's oh. actually like combat it's it's black desert online thus far for me has had the most engaging combat system of any mmo i've ever played i mean like it's one of those things where i enjoy it's literally the first mmo where i literally enjoy the combat by itself for long periods of time and there are serious problems with black desert online with the stuff that i usually care about right like guild stuff and trading and all that stuff there's there's issues that kind of ruin it for me even though it's very in-depth there are things that just kind of just are like a brick wall for me on that stuff but the combat has kept me going back over and over again because it's just really good Every time I think about, wow, I think about the storytelling and the world. And I'm like, oh, that's really interesting. And then I think about everything I've, the the combat that I've played in it and everything I've seen on people playing combat. And I'm like, yeah, no. If they ever changed that, I would be sold. They're probably not. And MMO almost has to be built around that from the ground up. Mm -hmm. But that's the main reason that I'm not playing WoW. Yeah. No, I mean, I get it. I mean, EVE Online was my WoW. One of the first MMOs I ever played was uh, Guild Wars 1. Guild Wars 1, it's so instanced that... Yeah, it wasn't really an MMO. <laughs> it wasn't. Yeah, yeah. But Eve Eve was my first real dig-in MMO. And, uh, you know, I I played the MMO life with it. You know, I did the whole, man, I, it's 3 in the morning, but I just got a ping on my phone because I now have to have, you know, Jabber on my phone so I can, you know, <laughs> be reached, you know, by my, my court mates. And I just yep. got a ping that... There's this ship in the area, and we're really wanting to kill it because it belongs to this person. So get up because they stealth somewhere in this system, and we're trying to find That's them. That's awesome, though. I love that. And as you have obviously been experiencing, it is so much more difficult to do that as you become more adulting. Yes. <laughs> Especially if you're engaged. Yeah. But, I mean, it's it's also addicting. Missed opportunities are addicting because it's when you come so close, and you're like, next time, next time I know what to do, and I'm, next time I'm going to get you, and you're gonna be mine <laughs> yep that's what it's all about that sounds very much like eve absolutely um uh you probably haven't seen the shape of water right i haven't here's the thing oh shape of water i it looks interesting i want to watch it but it's the same thing that happened with baby driver that i'm not hipster enough and it's not widespread <laughs> enough for me to watch it if i watch it now suddenly i'm going to have to start talking all about how what? you know this this new vegan restaurants to die for because they only get their their green veggies from gardens that were you know this and that and it's, it's, listen I'm I'm a tech tech boy and I cannot be a hipster boy so I have to wait for it to be a little bit more mainstream okay hold on a second just to be clear you know me you know I'm a total nerd guy I don't know I mean bullshit okay hold on a second I saw the shape of water when it released on limited release which was December 15th uh-huh. which means that I saw Star Wars the same day I literally got off work early and went to see the shape of water and then went to see actually me and my fiance did and then we went to see the last Jedi so and you did that because oh here we go you had to rinse the hipster off oh my god you had to do a mental and visual rinse 
Do you know who wrote and directed The Shape of Water? It doesn't matter. No, it does matter. Do you know who was? Who who, who did it? Who did it? Guillermo del Toro. Here's the thing. Hellboy? Here's the thing, and that's fine. Pacific Rim? That's fine, and I'm so excited for Pacific Rim too. but... <sighs> Here's the thing. I didn't hear about it except for people who started talking about it who lived in Austin. And anything that comes from Austin first. Oh, here we go. Oh, right. That's bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) Now you're just trolling me. Pan's Labyrinth? Tell me about about The Shape of Water. Tell me you've seen Pan's Labyrinth. I've I've seen Pan's Labyrinth. Okay, good. The Shape of Water is actually awesome. It is a sci-fi slash Cold War mystery slash, I guess, almost... French film. It's not French, but it has some of those things. And um, it's awesome. It's really good. Really, really, really good. I feel like I just oh, here we go. read a Google review of somebody who got out of the theater and was trying <laughs> look, to look, impress I, their date I, by by writing the review. I am sick of your bullshit, okay? No, 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 no. I, uh, I definitely <laughs> want to see it. Uh, the problem, when it's, something gets too much hype, I start rejecting it. And uh-huh. I say... I don't want to watch it until the hype dies down. Because okay. if I get drawn into the hype, then I'm going to be let down. And I'm a I'm a baby bird boy who can't get let down. Oh, my God. Yes. All right. Tell me about Nintendo. Is it Labo? I have no idea how to pronounce it. Yeah, Labo. I'm not a Nintendo person, but this interests me significantly. I want, here's the thing. I want to be a Nintendo person, <laughs> but I am a scorned. I'm a scorned lover. Sir, sir, if you are not a Nintendo person, but you would like to be one. You are perfect for this show because that's me and Horoth in a nutshell. Um, so what it looks like is you, you've heard of Google Cardboard. Yes, I have one. Where you know, bend some cardboard together mm-hmm. and you slide your phone there. That's what Nintendo Labo is. I'm going to say Labo because it's lobotomize. <laughs> you, you lobotomize your, your, your brain so you can <gasps> use your imagination to take over. Yeah, they say it's Switch mixed with DIY. And it looks like they have these yeah. cardboard kits. And they say there's some customization, which I'll be interested in how much customization you can actually do. Yeah, because it looks like they're pretty pre-made from what I saw. Pre-made plus Nintendo hates anything they don't have control over. That's true. And you know somebody's going to make something really cool. Nintendo's going to be like, sorry, we didn't mean for you to be able to do that. (laughs) But we love it. So now we're going to make money off of it. Yep. It is something to keep your eye on, though. It looks cool. My one thing with it. Their ad that they put out, their their Revelation YouTube video that I saw, um, was it was a lot of kids. And I don't know that Nintendo knows who they are actually selling this to. Because if they did know, <laughs> that would have been an ad full of 20 to 40-something-year-olds trying to put together the cardboard, getting really angry, mm-hmm. breaking a little piece off of it, getting some tape, and then the end, being really excited that they get to be a robot. <laughs> yeah no i know i agree well remember this is also the company that, that that released miniature versions of their extremely popular retro game consoles that they were probably making ridiculous margins on and only did them in limited runs for some i wanted reason. to buy both of them right I everyone to did buy both of them but like they did these ridiculous why why are you do- what what? It, it, doesn't, it doesn't compete with your current product offering. I mean, like, their margins have got to be redonkadonk on those, especially now. Here's the thing, and this is something I didn't understand. You had the Wii. The Wii was revolutionary. Mm-hmm. Then you had the Wii U, and people were like, what? I don't, don't understand. doesn't make sense. And then you have the Switch, which is like if the Wii and the Wii U got together, had a little too much to drink, and... 
Well, somebody didn't use plan B. <laughs> okay, yeah. But here's my thing. Besides the console market, Nintendo's thing was handheld. Mm -hmm. So then Nintendo made a handheld, which is competing against its... So are they... My, my question is, are they closing the DS line? I have no idea. My understanding is that the majority of people I've talked to that I've heard speak about it on other podcasts, et cetera, shows, is that the Switch, while it is intended to be a desktop console and a handheld, most people use it as a handheld. But so are they closing their DS line? And with that being said, all the developers, all the games on that, are they then going to allow them to be bought on the store to be played on the Switch? I'm sure they'll have a retro emulator, you know, like they did on the Wii and stuff. Then you'll buy it and then you'll right. have to buy memory cards. I'll buy it again. Mm -hmm. You'll have to yeah. buy memory cards that only fit in the Switch. And of course. Yes. Yes. All that. And that's, that's, yeah, again, that's why I don't, uh, I'm, I'm not a Nintendo person, even though there, there are specific games on there I'd really like to play. Especially most of the Mario stuff. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So moving on. Um, I would like to give some just honorable mentions, surprisingly, to Assassin's Creed Origins, mainly because Assassin's Creed has always like conceptually interested me from the very beginning. Like I like stealth play. I like blah, blah, blah. But like it was just like everything. It just became this like wash, rinse, repeat in, in an entire like game franchise. Right. There wasn't that much difference between, you know, Assassin's Creed 3, which I like. I like a lot of the Assassin's Creed because I, li I like history stuff as well. But like Assassin's Creed 3 and Unity, which was in Paris, and Syndicate, which was in London, and stuff like that. Like, the majority of the stuff I did in Assassin's Creed was I, from a history nut perspective, I would go and, like, run around the city and be like, this is a really cool environment, right? And every time I played Assassin's Creed, I always dreaded any of the combat. I, mm -hmm. The combat always just did not go well with me. I just, I wasn't good at it. It just annoyed me. It was just, like, I was everything I could do to stay away from combat, I was like, ugh, you know. So I'm, I'm bringing up Origins because, first of all, gorgeous game, Egypt just... Wow. Huge, massive game. I think the largest they've done by far. And the combat is actually good. I actually really like the combat. I found myself actually, like, because I'm playing Assassin's Creed, I'm, like, in this mode automatically of, mm -hmm. you know, skirting by combat when I can. But when I had to do it, I almost, like, looked forward to it. I'm like, oh, I have an excuse to do combat now. Yeah. Which I've never gotten from any Assassin's Creed before. Uh, So, yeah, it's really good. And actually, before it actually came out, there was some stuff said by other people that saw gameplay footage and stuff going, it looks like they took a lot of notice of, like, the combat systems from, like, Witcher 3 and stuff, which was really good. And it definitely shows. Even a lot of the quest lines and stuff are good. The acting's good. The voiceover's good. Although it's been pretty good anyway, even in the other games. But yeah, overall, it's, it's really solid. I've really enjoyed the time that I put into it thus far. And so I just wanted to mention it because I've kind of shat on Assassin's Creed in the past just because, you know, of a, things a lot of people complain about. Mm -hmm. But it's um they're definitely learning. And I hope that they keep learning that you don't have to stay in this trench just because it's made you money because eventually it's sinking on the mud. Exactly. I have a, I have a theory. Okay. Um. So, you know, they've never had a modern day Assassin's Creed. Correct, because it would be boring. Well, hold on. Have you ever played Splinter Cell? Yes, actually, I, I loved Splinter Cell. Sam Fisher. That's what it was, yeah. Wouldn't he just be a modern-day lineage Assassin's Creed? And it's both made by Ubisoft. Um, yeah, except part of the, the draw for me in Assassin's Creed is that brotherhood that has a, well, a creed, and the overarching war against the Templars and all that. All I'm saying is think about it. Which, which Splinter Cell never actually had. Just think about it. Let that little seed, that little nug I just put in your mind grow. <laughs> oh, huh. No. Well. Absolutely, yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, the gameplay, a lot of the gameplay is the same. Exactly. You know? So, I think, I think they, they had all those... Splinter Cell, and they're like, how could we get this in the past? Assassin's Creed. And then they did that, and in their minds, the worlds have been the same the entire time. 
Actually, we know where Assassin's Creed came from. It's been stated. Don't ruin this. Do you not want me to ruin it for you? No, go for it. Go for it. Okay. The guy who created Assassin's Creed was originally working on a Prince of Persia game. It wasn't working out, but they found that the the climbing system they had built was really interesting. And it just turned out that the Prince of Persia thing just wasn't happening or Ubisoft wanted to go in a different direction or something. And they kind of like took what they had and morphed it into what became Assassin's Creed. That's uh, that's actually really interesting. Yeah, pretty cool. Um, Yeah. So, oh, and I would just like to give a short mention to Subnautica, which is a wonderful game under the ocean that I have trouble playing because... I have a fear of large bodies of water, which I believe is referred to as thalassophobia. It's a really good game, and it's made by Unknown Worlds, which is the indie studio that made Natural Selection, which is really cool. Natural Selection 1 being a mod, remember? Yeah, no, I remember. And then they did Natural Selection 2, yeah. You got me to play Natural Selection 2 and then played once with me, and then... uh Dude, I'd play it with you again. You know the problem with Natural Selection 2? It's one of those games where you cannot play solo. Well, that, and if... If you mess up in the beginning, you're screwed. You're yeah, gone. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Anyway, um, Subnautica, which they've been working on for several years now and has been really polished. Actually, they just released a what they called an eye candy update, which they actually added some more visual stuff to, is launching out of early access on January 23rd. So it's pretty cool. And actually, they're going to have a launch party. I think they're streaming on the 23rd. Nice. They're doing it from um, one of the big aquariums in California. Hmm. So it's pretty cool. But yeah, you should check that out, especially if you don't have a fear of large bodies of water. Um, It's very cool. It's like alien planet, but most of it takes place under the ocean and you build bases and all that stuff. And there's sea monsters, of course, and alien stuff, which is kind of cool. But uh, yeah, you should definitely check it out. Just kind of a last thing I just like to say, I've been playing a little bit of this game called Rise to Ruins. It's this little indie game made by one guy um, who happens to be from Fort Worth, Texas, which is where I'm from, which is kind of cool. I mentioned it because it's kind of a Dwarf Fortress inspired game, kind of, you know, like RimWorld and stuff is, but I think it's uh, even more in depth than RimWorld, whereas Mm -hmm. RimWorld you usually have between three and, you know, at maximum I think I've ever seen is like 15 or 16 colonists. um, And that's a huge thing. This is like, there's a lot, it's a whole village and, you know, there's stuff happening all the time and there's monsters and stuff in which I thought I was doing really great the first time until something happened called a blood moon and I was completely jacked. Let's just say that because monsters came out of (laughs) everywhere, but it's a really cool game. I'm actually going to do a uh, first glance video on my YouTube channel and I was was actually going to, but I was having trouble recording it and there's a little bug, which I've notified the developer about. Good game. You should check it out. If you like stuff like that, Rise to Ruins, it's on Steam. Really low priced, way lower priced than it should be. I think it's $10, which is really too low. I mean, I think... That isn't bad. I think it could be $20 and still be underpriced, in my opinion, for what it currently has and the potential it has for, for more. Um, So he might be raising the price soon, so you should go grab it. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, but yeah, that's about it. I've been reading some books. I'm about to finish up Dan Brown's Origin... Uh, which has been a fun read. Uh, I don't think it's been quite as good as his other stuff, but uh, yeah, pretty good. And I've been reading the Star Wars Bloodline book. I'd planned to read it, but I'd passed it up multiple times because I'm not like a huge Leia fan, not because she's a woman or anything. I don't even want to freak out. <laughs> Her story has never been that interesting to me because I guess it's never been explored enough, right? For me to have a lot of yeah. hooks for, for interest. But it's actually really good. Um, I really like her in it. But also one of the cool things is that if you watch the new Star Wars films and you've thought, well, they've been showing us stuff, but there's not much like background fleshed out. We haven't gotten much out of that. Mm-hmm. Like as in what happened after Return of the Jedi other than these events. It has a lot of that in it because it takes place, I think, about 10 years before The Force Awakens. Okay. And there's a lot of political intrigue stuff that I actually like about like the New Republic and all of that stuff and huge crime syndicates and cartels and stuff like that. Like that 
So anyways, if you passed it up, if anyone's passed it up because you think it's just a book just about Leia doing something here or there, it's actually very broad. Leia is obviously central to it, but she's awesome in it. There's a lot of meat there if you are into the Star Wars universe, the, the canon in general. Definitely worth checking out. Awesome. Uh, yes. So anything else you, you've been doing before we wrap up? Um, not that I can fully remember or think <laughs> about. Um, gotcha. No, I work, I play games, I watch Fringe. <laughs> there you go. That's a good cycle right there, actually. You know? Yeah. Work, game, Fringe. Yeah. You're engaged. Let's hope that there's some sex in there at some point. You know, that's always a good stress relief. <laughs> and um, yeah, but it is nice to actually have a significant other that enjoys watching and experiencing things that you do. Oh, yeah. I will give a minor shout out to my fiance who I love that about. We actually have some friends, I'll just say here locally, and they're both cool, but they do not like a lot of the stuff each other likes. Mm-hmm. One person will be like, oh, I want to see that. The other person's like, I don't want to go see that. And, uh, and vice versa. Every time it happens, I'm always like so happy. I'm like, it is so awesome that I can see like a film and go, that looks cool. And my fiance goes, I want to see that. Oh, yeah. No, it's fantastic. And from what you've told me, it sounds like yours is like that as well. So, oh, yeah. All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening. We will try to be doing this on a more regular basis. We'll probably have Brandon back and stuff. Like I said, Horace is going to be away for indefinite period. And I do mean that in the way that the word is actually meant to be used. Most people think indefinite means forever, and it doesn't. Indefinite just means there's no definite time. So hopefully he will be back at some point. He's just got to deal with his stuff, which is understandable. And yeah, so uh, thank you, Brandon, for your time. It's been awesome. Thank you for having me. This was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you link your social media stuff. Yes. Yes. I was going to ask, how can people find you? Primarily Twitter. Find me, Baltrad, B-Row91, B-R-O-E-91. And uh, you'll be able to find me, bother me, ask me questions, tell me I'm wrong about things, and uh, I'll tell you why you can uh, suck bag dicks. Okay. So, uh, yeah, that's that, just to be clear, that is B R O E nine one. That's uh, at right, obviously. Yes, at. and uh, you can find me um, uh, at Spotnik S P O T N Y K. Um, I actually have a YouTube channel, um, which you can actually reach just by going to Spotnik.com. Again, S P O T N Y K. And yeah, that's really about it. Thanks, man. It's fun. Thank yeah, you. absolutely. And we will uh, try to be doing this again weekly because it's been a while, but things are back on track, which is nice. All right, man. All right. I will talk to you later. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.